Hi, this is Chris Finch. I'm lead pastor of City Walk Church. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you don't already know, the best way to stay connected with City Walk Church is with our app. Just go to your device's app store and search City Walk Church to find it. Whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just investigating faith, our hope is that this message will help you take your next step in that journey. If you're in the area, we would love to have you come join us in person. For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at citywalkchurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. Morning, City Walk Church. Hope you had an awesome week. One of the things that you probably have noticed over the last few weeks to a month as our ability to meet in person and really connect with people has kind of paused for a while, our society has found new ways to connect, has found new ways to see each other, has found new ways to do a lot of the things that we used to do in person uh, over the internet. You've probably, if you're involved in business, you've been on a Zoom meeting, you probably have been on more Zoom meetings in the last few weeks than you've ever been on. Your children, some of your teenagers have moved into a classroom that's not in person, but are do, they're doing some school online and they're, they're meeting with people online. Obviously churches, you're watching this right now, most of the churches here in America have c- connected online now because we're not allowed to meet in person. Uh, if you uh, if you're a part of like a subscription service like Disney Plus, Netflix, or Hulu, you probably have watched more of their content over the last few weeks than you had ever before because our ability to meet together has has kind of paused. But we have found ways through technology to see each other and meet with the people we love. In fact, I've, I've seen some people that couldn't get together for birthday parties. They've done virtual birthday parties and connected with people all over the country as they just really sought out how to connect with people that they love. And it's really in moments like this that we're extremely thankful for technology because it's allowed us to do some things that we love, to see people we love, and do it in a new way and in a way that's on a screen instead of in person. But as much as we love technology, there's probably been times in your life when you haven't loved technology, and technology hasn't been your friend. If you've ever posted something on social media that somebody took way out of context or took the wrong way, you probably weren't thankful for for technology during that time. Or, and this is where it gets really awkward, if you've ever sent a text to the wrong person, you've ever done that and then realized it a few minutes later, it's like, oh, that's kind of awkward. But probably the most awkward thing that maybe you've experienced where you weren't real thankful for technology is when you were writing a text and the text auto-corrected and you sent the text without realizing that the text had actually changed what you wanted to say. I was looking at some funny uh, auto text issues, some texts that people had sent where words had gotten changed, and, and this was one of the ones that I came across. It was between a dad and his daughter, and it, it shows you the power of one word in a text. The, the dad, he writes this to his daughter. He says, your mom and I are going to divorce next month. The daughter, obviously surprised by this text from her dad, here's her response. What? Why? Call me, please, with a lot of exclamation points. And then the dad, he writes back, 
I wrote Disney and this phone changed it to divorce. We're going to Disney next month. We're not getting a divorce. One of the ways that maybe it's happened to you where technology isn't always our friend and, and sometimes creates some awkward situations and really some awkward conversations. But as funny as that might be and as maybe you've laughed off some of those situations in your life, once in a while when stuff like this happens, it goes from being funny to really being hurtful. Maybe you've had a time in your life where you have been taken out of context, where somebody took something that you said and changed it to make it say what they wanted to say, and, and it, it was devastating or hurtful because it's not what you said, it's not what you meant, but somebody took what you said out of context and changed it, and it was hurtful. One of the people that that has happened to probably more than anyone is Jesus. Jesus, over the years, over the last couple thousand years, has been taken out of context probably more than any other person. And maybe you have seen this happen because, unfortunately, some of the biggest culprits are people that claim to be Jesus followers. You know how it works. We, we have a version of Jesus that we like. We have a version of Jesus that kind of fits our preferences. And then what we do is we go find a verse and we pull it out of context to kind of justify the Jesus that we like, the Jesus that fits our lifestyle. If you walked away from the church, and maybe you have if you're watching this, and there was a, maybe a season in your life where you walked away from the church, it might have been because of this reason. Because you saw people doing things in the name of Jesus that you thought, that doesn't seem like the Jesus that I've read about in the Bible. And the reason is, it's, it wasn't that Jesus. There's people that do things in the name of Jesus that Jesus would have never signed his name to. And they say, hey, Jesus said this, or Jesus meant this, and they justify things that are unloving, they justify things that are hateful, and they justify things that Jesus would have been embarrassed by. Over the next few weeks, we're going to examine a few things that Jesus never said. And, and the way we're going to do that is we're going to look at some of the things that he did say instead of some of the things that he didn't say because there, there's some things out there that you've heard or maybe somebody's taught you and maybe they were well-meaning and they said, hey, here's what Jesus said or here's what he meant. And you find out as you study the Bible, Jesus never said that and Jesus never meant that. And so over the next few weeks, whether you're a longtime follower of Jesus or maybe you're kind of coming back to faith or you're even skeptical, I want you to lean in as we examine some of the things that Jesus never said by looking and leaning into the truth that he did say. And the first one is this. The first thing that Jesus never said was this. You don't have to forgive them. When you talk about forgiveness... Forgiveness is a sensitive issue, and here's why it's such a sensitive issue. Because every single one of us has been hurt, we've been betrayed, we've been lied to. People that we love dearly have been hurt, betrayed, and lied to. And many times the people that have done it to us are people that claim to know Jesus, that claim to even be his followers. And Jesus talked a lot about forgiveness as he was involved in his ministry for three years here on earth, and, and several of the gospel writers wrote about Jesus and what he said about forgiveness. But, but one, in one instance that Matthew wrote about, 
Jesus was talking to some of his followers, some of his closest followers, and he was actually teaching them about prayer. He was teaching them what we know as the Lord's Prayer. And in the midst of this teaching on prayer, he begins to teach them about what forgiveness really is. And prayer in the society that Jesus was a part of was very, very important, specifically to the Jews. In fact, if you were a devout Jew, there would be maybe several times in the day that you would stop what you were doing and you would pray. But the religious leaders, because they were very focused on what people thought of them, they would make their prayers a performance. They would make their prayers, they would use big words and they would, they would be very loud and make sure they were out in the open because they wanted their prayers to be seen by men. They were never focused on connecting with God. And so Jesus talked about that in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. I'll read it. It says this, And when you pray, this is Jesus talking, When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogue and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. And so Jesus, he wasn't a big fan of people that were performing in their prayer time and people that were trying to be seen by men. And so he's talking to his followers. He says, that's not the way you should pray. And then what Jesus does is he gives his disciples and those that are listening, he gives them a model or pattern to pray. And we know it as the Lord's Prayer. And it's found in Matthew 6, verse 9. It's also found in a few of the other Gospels. And here's what it says. And this is where you'll see him as he's teaching about prayer, dive into the subject of forgiveness. It says this in verse 9, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And then he says this, he, he moves into the subject of forgiveness. He says this, and forgive us our debts so that we might be able to forgive our debtors. Is that what it says? No, that's not what it says. It says, and here's what Jesus said. He says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. What Jesus was talking about here is he's talking about debts and he's talking about debtors. He's not talking about salvation. He's talking to people that were already followers of him. But what he's talking about is, hey, just like any relationship, the relationship they had with God could be uh, it could be hindered because of sin. It could be hindered because they disobeyed what God said. And so, so as Jesus is talking to them, he's teaching them about prayer and forgiveness. And he says, hey, you, you want to ask God to forgive you your debts, forgive you your sins, your disobedience, those things that you've done that have hindered your relationship with him. And, and then he says, you, you ask God to forgive your debts as you have also forgiven your debtors. See, basically what Jesus was saying is, forgive us for our disobedience that's hindered our fellowship with you, God, in the same way we have forgiven those who are in debt to us. See, Jesus, when he was talking, he, he, he made very clear that your relationship with God is very connected to your relationship with other people. 
Paul, in another passage of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 4, he, he says a similar thing in Ephesians 4.32. He says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. But here's one of the lies that we believe. One of the lies that we believe is, and maybe you've believed this, and maybe if you're honest, this is what you think right now. One of the lies that we've allowed ourselves to believe is that we can walk closely and intimately with God while our relationship with other followers of God is a wreck. And for those that buy into this type of thinking, man, they're mistaken and they're deceived. And Jesus made sure that they understood that because what he does in the next couple verses is he, he kind of puts a PS on his talk about forgiveness and he adds a couple thoughts. In verse 14, he says this, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Again, Jesus isn't talking about salvation. He's talking to people that are already followers of him. But here's what he is saying, and lean into this, because this is one of the lies that people have told you that Jesus said that he never said. And here's, here, here's what it is. If you're not going to forgive others, then your relationship with God is going to be hindered. You can't have a great relationship with God. You can't walk closely with God and, and not forgive other people. It doesn't happen. It's, it's like it's, you're, you're not thinking right. It's a fantasy to think that, oh, I can walk with God but have big, huge issues that I'm not willing to take care of with other people. And, and Jesus, he made this clear that, man, your connection with God has a lot to do with your connection with other people. And, and, and there's a lot of misunderstandings about forgiveness. In fact, as I say that, some of you watching this, you're uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable. This, you're not sure if you believe or you kind of buy into that. Because there's a lot of misunderstandings about forgiveness. And, and let me clear some of those up. When you forgive someone, here's what you're not saying. You're not saying that what they did was okay. You're not saying that what they did didn't hurt you. You're not taking away the natural consequences for the decisions that that person made. You're not doing any of that. Any of that. That's not what forgiveness is. But here's what you are saying when you forgive someone. Here's what you're doing. You are canceling the debt they owe you. And here's what I mean. When somebody did you wrong when they said something about you, when they hurt you, you fill in the blank. And inside of you, automatically what, what happens is you begin to think, you know what, man, they, they owe me. They, they took joy from me. They, they took innocence from me. They took a first marriage from me. They took a job opportunity. They took something from me. And so it almost creates this debt-debtor relationship. And what forgiveness is, it's saying, you know what? I'm canceling the debt. I'm canceling that emotional debt that I'm holding against you that's only hurting me. It's not hurting you. It's only creating bitterness in me. I'm no longer holding that against you. I'm canceling that debt. 
And here's really, this is really important that you catch this. You're not doing this because they're a good person. You're not doing this because you're a good person. It's not like, well, I'm just such a good person that I'm going to forgive this person because I'm such a good person. Maybe you are a good person, but you're not forgiving them because they're a good person. You're not forgiving them because you're a good person. You're forgiving them simply because God has shown you extravagant grace and forgiveness. Our motive for showing grace is the grace we have been shown. Let me say that again. Our motive for showing grace is the grace that we've been shown. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is not optional. If you're watching this and, and you're not a follower of Jesus, man, if you want to do this, great. If you don't want to do this, don't worry about it. This is not for you. But if you're someone that's a follower of Jesus, this isn't optional. Jesus makes clear that we are to forgive as we have been forgiven. And some of you, as you're looking at this screen and as you're watching this, here's what you're thinking. I can't. I can't do that. Chris, you don't know what they did. You don't know what they stole. You don't know how they hurt me. You don't know and you can keep filling the blanks and I can't do it. And, and, and let me say this, I'm glad you realize that. Because just like you couldn't save yourself, you don't have the power to forgive. It's not inside of you and it's not inside of me. As, as we needed Jesus to save us for all of eternity, we need Jesus just as much to live inside of us and help us forgive the way he forgave. We desperately need Jesus. Sometimes, as followers of Jesus, we think, oh, we need Jesus so that, you know, we can go to heaven when we die, but you know what? I'll do life and all this kind of by myself. Well, as bad as you need Jesus for eternity, you and I need Jesus for our daily walk here on earth. And forgiveness is a big part of that. And so practically speaking, here's what probably some of you might have to do. And I've mentioned this before. For some of you, you're going to have to get out a blank piece of paper. You're going to have to write down some names of people. And for some of you, you're thinking of those people right now. You're going to have to write down the names of those people that have hurt you. They've taken something from you. And in your heart right now, you know maybe you already have bitterness toward, towards them, or you know it's on its way. And you need to write down their names. You, you need to list the ways that they have hurt you and what they have taken from you emotionally. And you just need to write it down on a piece of paper. And then you need to cancel the debt. And for some of you, that's going to mean you're going to have to pray over those names and those situations for a few days. And you're just going to have to ask God, God, help me. Here's who has hurt me. Here's who I'm not for, I haven't forgiven. Here's what it's doing in my life. And you're just going to have to pray over that for a few days. And then you're going to come to a point where you say, hey, I can't do this on my own, but because you live inside of me, Jesus, I am canceling the debt on these people the way you canceled the debt for me. Because, and you know this, what they owe you, they can't pay you back. And the only person unforgiveness is really hurting is you. You're, you're, you're beginning to be bitter. 
you're beginning to hurt. It's, it's making you and it's uh, affecting you in ways that you're treating people that you love in ways that you're angry with people and you're short with people and you're impatient. And it's not because you don't love those people. It's because inside your heart, there's some things going on and you need to forgive so you can gain freedom. Dave Willis, he said it this way. Holding a grudge doesn't make you strong. It makes you bitter. Forgiving doesn't make you weak. It sets you free. Imagine what your life would look like. Imagine what your marriage would look like. Imagine what your stress level and your other relationships would look like if you stepped into freedom from hurt and bitterness. If you said, you know what, I'm, I'm no longer walking with bitterness. I'm not, not going to carry this along with me. I'm going to cancel the debt and I'm going to walk into freedom. Imagine how that would change your marriage. Imagine how that would change how you parent. Imagine how that would change your stress level if you were walking each day in freedom instead of carrying around bitterness and unforgiveness. Imagine the spiritual impact our church could have. Imagine the impact our church could have if we are a church that doesn't sweep things under the rug, that loves people enough to have hard conversations, and that forgives people the way that we've been forgiven. Imagine the power just in our church if we lived that out. I want to encourage you right where you're at. Maybe you're sitting in your living room. Maybe you're on your front porch. Maybe you're listening to this in a coffee shop. I want to encourage you just to bow your heads and close your eyes as we close. And I want to, want to ask you a couple things with your heads bowed. When we talk about forgiveness, is there someone that comes to mind? Like right away? When, when I started talking about this, did somebody come to mind right away? Maybe it's been a few weeks. Maybe it's been a few years. Maybe it's been a few decades since they hurt you and you've grown bitter or you feel bitterness coming on. Can you, do you have the picture of the person? Do you, do, you, do you have the picture of the person? Or maybe in your case, there's, there's several people. And would you pray a prayer with me? Because just like you, I need Jesus desperately to walk with him. I need Jesus desperately to forgive the way he's forgiven me, to love the way he's loved me. And so just in the quietness of your living room, in the quietness of your front porch, as you contemplate who in your life you need to forgive, who in your life you need to cancel the debt the way Jesus canceled the debt for you, would you just pray this in your heart? Just pray, thank you for showing me grace and forgiving me when I fail. Help me this week to show the same grace and forgiveness to others. Would you just pray that? Just, just right in your heart. Thank you for showing me grace and forgiving me when I fail. Help me this week to show the same grace and forgiveness to others. Lord, I thank you for the tremendous grace and mercy that you bestowed on us. Lord, you show us grace every day. You, you forgave us. You gave your life to pay for our sins. And God, I pray that we would be people that follow your example. And God, we, we can't forgive, we can't love, we can't be humble, we can't do any of those things in our own power. 
And Lord, we, we don't want to try because we know we'll fail. We've done that. But God, I pray as, as a, just my, in my own life, and I pray for those that are watching, that we would lean into you, that we would lean into the fact that we don't have to live for you, but that you can live your life through us, and that we would forgive the way we have been forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen.